the pond here next to my house, next to the rectory, is frozen solid. I wonder if I can walk on it. <laughs> I don't see anyone else doing it though, so it's a bit tricky. Oh well, right now I'm walking on water. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> it started to make a creaky noise. I don't trust it. I don't trust This is the last day of of the cold spell that we've been suffering for uh, the past week or so. And the temperatures were very low for the time of year. It's Siberian cold that came from the east. And in some countries they even called it uh, here in Europe the beast from the east. That's how cold it was. And today is probably one of the last days that the Dutch are skating on the, not on the canals, usually the canals only freeze when it's, uh, when the temperatures drop for a longer uh, time, like two weeks or so. But there are definitely some smaller lakes and also um, ice rinks that are that have been uh, created for the occasion outside where people can skate. But it's always tricky because you never really know if the water underneath the ice is, uh, is, for instance, in movement or not. And if it is, you don't know if there is, for instance, an influx of warmer water, let's say from industry or whatever, that could undermine the quality of, uh, of the ice. I'm not a skater anyway. I'm a walker, and you're listening to another episode of The Walk. And uh, I promised last week that I would get back to you on my experience of filming for three days in the three neighboring countries of the Netherlands. I went to Belgium, I went to Germany, and to Luxembourg, which is not really our neighbor, but it's close enough. And uh, last week I had quite a bit of anxiety because of the just the, the amount of work that had to be done in so little time, but also because I did not have any confirmation as to the interviews I had planned and the ideas that I had for the various for the various uh, episodes. And uh, fortunately, and I'm so glad, and I feel so relieved, everything went more than well. It went so so well. It, it's the <laughs> the day that I least expected to be a success actually turned into the, one of the best days, the first day in, in Belgium. And uh, despite the cold, we had wonderful weather. The sun was shining, blue skies. And I was even able to kind of hide the fact that there was still snow on the ground in some areas because I'm not sure when this episode will be aired. It could very well be the beginning of the summertime or after the summertime. And then, of course, it's very weird to see me walking around in the snow. Um, in one of the next episodes of The Daily Breakfast, my daily show, uh, that is uh, available to you on every weekday or workday, I'll, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about what I was filming and where I was going, but what I would like to share with you today is how what, what a relief it is to... To have been able to trust that even though I did not have everything under control, I still managed to make it work. And the creativity kicked in at the right moment. Here is a family actually playing on the ice. This is a 
whole set of newer houses and the kids are standing on the ice. Makes me actually want to do the same. If they can, there are some adults there on the ice as well. Let's go. Let's, let's walk on the ice. You can only do that once a year, right? <laughs> this is going to be an ice walking episode. And I'm an ice walker. <laughs> At least I'm still walking on the grass. And now, now I'm on the ice. And actually the ice is very transparent so I can see how thick it is. It must be at least 10 centimeters, perhaps even more. It still freaks me out a little bit, <laughs> but it works. It works. It's very slippery. You got to be careful. And I hope it doesn't break because then the end of this episode is going to be very, very cold. <sighs> All right. I'm now crossing the the pond here. And on the other side, I can climb up on the on the shore again there we go so that's it none of these kids have skates i don't know why this would be a great opportunity i think for for kids to learn how to skate but perhaps because we don't have these strong these these cold winters anymore global warming probably um there are fewer and fewer kids that actually know how to skate um there you go at least i walked on the ice so the the, what, I, what I loved about last week was the fact that um, it, it turned out all right. And my trust, or the, the, at least the, the, the trust that I try to have in God's providence, um, was not for nothing. <clears throat> Quite on the contrary, there were some moments during that week, I'm now walking over a bridge that crosses the frozen, the frozen pond below me. Um, some of the moments were just going so well that it almost felt like providence. It's just everything was was so great. And it's another thing that you discover, and I kind of knew that I, that I had this, um, is that <clears throat> creativity has a strange way of working. The, the, fewer, the, the, the fewer stuff you have to work with, the more, at least my creativity is motivated, it kind of kicks into, into action to make the most out of even, you know, a few ingredients. It's like cooking. When you cook, you could, of course, go to your local store or supermarket or, or uh, marketplace and buy a ton of ingredients. But sometimes not just cooking with the stuff that's currently in your, in your fridge or emptying the cupboards is that's an interesting Lenten uh, exercise that I uh, heard people talk about is that for Lent they try to buy uh, almost nothing at the supermarket and instead they will cook with whatever they have in, in storage. So whatever is left in the fridge they will first finish all that empty all the cupboards and we have so much in stock usually and the challenge of cooking with just what you have instead of what you could just buy um, just motivates your or kind of tickles your, your creative uh, um, your creative juices and, and, and uh, sometimes you surprise yourself and that's kind of what happened uh, while filming I, I just got one idea after another and uh, because I'm a very kind of uh, I, I think by association so when I see something I can come up with a story and, or it creates a story by itself and, and there were a few moments like that where uh, 
I just walked into a situation not knowing at all what I was going to film. And then one idea leads to another. And before you know it, you have plenty of material for, uh, for an entire episode. Another thing that is new and that is so motivating and exciting is that I have delegated or relegated the uh, editing process of, uh, of, of the production to someone else. Uh, so I've, I had to film an episode in Germany that will be aired on Tuesday. So that's only two days from now. And uh, on Monday, uh, the episode needs to be finished. I knew that I was going to film it on Wednesday. And so since I was also filming on Thursday, I just wouldn't have the... Well, I would have some time to edit it. I would have had three days probably. And technically... I can do it, but it was just uh, out of, I, I was like, why not hire an editor? My, the dream that I have for the way in which I want to work is that I can focus on filming and interviewing people. That is what I do best. The editing process, I think I've explained this before, is something I, I do enjoy occasionally, but it also... Um, adds a lot of, of work and stress because there's always a, um, a deadline to meet. And I knew that if I would come back home after a big trip like this, more than a thousand kilometers on the road, um, and I would, I would continue to edit, I would have no time to recover. And even though the, the episode would be ready after a couple of days... I would probably need two weeks to recover. And all the other projects that I'm working on uh, go on hold. That's how I worked for the entire last year. In 2017, it was always like that. Uh, the moment I had to uh, produce a TV episode, everything else went on hold, including the podcast and everything. This year, I was like, well, why not start from what is your ideal way of working? Uh, and and how much of that can you realize with the limited budget that you have available? And so instead of doing everything myself, I decided, well, let's just hire an editor. It will cost, of course, uh, uh, a, a considerable amount of money. An editor, usually uh, in the Netherlands at least, will cost about 500 euros per day. Uh, which means that if you take a t TV episode um, like the ones that I'm producing, you'd probably need three days of editing, uh, which cost me 1500 bucks. So that's a lot of money. But in return, I get so much energy from not having to do this myself and being able to focus all the time on creating, on, on, the, on the things that I do best, that... Actually, after coming back, I already had the definitely the, the creative energy to start producing new shows and to go and even you know if I would have to go back wherever it is in Europe and film another three episodes in two weeks from now, I could totally do it because I can I've delegated that part that takes away so much energy. And it's not unique to my skills. It's something that other people can do. And other people can do even better than I do. 
And that, that was a big reward this afternoon uh, when my editor showed me his first, let's say, rough cut of the, of the episode. And it is amazing how fun it is to see stuff that I filmed myself. A number of interviews and a lot of stuff outside. But it's all kind of different things that are not yet interconnected. And then see how the editor has created a story out of that. Which with, and and it, it all comes together and it becomes something that is so much more than I could have done by myself. And uh, so I, it's a super cool experience. And uh, makes me want to do this in the future for all my work. Um, which will also probably mean that I can do, I can produce more, m- more video, more documentaries. That's always, a, has always been my dream. And last year, uh, I was so focused on the TV work and trying to build a, a stable stream of income that would cover the costs that... Uh, uh, let's say the bigger the bigger picture of where I wanted to go just disappeared in the background. Now having and and it's not just the editing that I uh, that I have delegated, but it's also the material production. So kind of arranging the things, driving to the place. I took Martin with with me, uh, who is one of our new collaborators, and uh, he's still working on a voluntary basis, but he's almost already working full-time for Tridio. And he's been such a tremendous help in um, taking care of the uh, the transport, the, you know, dri- just driving me there. The fact that I didn't have to drive all the way to Luxembourg, you know, that's four hours in a car. And I don't really particularly like driving, but the, the, the added thing is when you're driving, you have to focus on driving, uh, especially if you're in a country that is different like Germany uh, people drive differently and I'm not used to that now I could just sit and think creatively and kind of prepare mentally for the day and coming up with ideas and and doing other work so it was super efficient use of my time and uh, with that combination of having the the various and and then there's uh, another aspect of the work that is now uh, carried by uh, by more than just me, it's the entire production of the videos and the daily shows. Um, so f- on Friday, even though we just came back uh, the evening before, we got together with the t- team and we try to do that every Friday right now. Um, so that's Martin, that's me, and it's Inge. And even though Inge lives in Groningen, which is very far away, she has to travel uh, a couple of hours by train to come to Amersfoort and then a couple of hours to go back to her place because she's still looking for a house here in the neighborhood. Um, just the fact to be on location with the entire team uh, also creates so much more energy. And so I was able to, again, record all the episodes of The Daily Breakfast, recorded it on video with green screen. And then I just take the file. So I, I now record the audio separate from the video stream. So we keep the video with uh, the the audio that is captured uh, th- through the streaming service that we use. That's for the for the YouTube videos, and then I record the the quality audio that comes from the microphone on the same recorder that I'm using right now, the H2. And uh, in that file, which is much uh, better quality, 
uh, I, I just put it on a hard drive, like the video file, give it to Inga, and then she'll take care of the rest. She'll edit the, she'll cut the, 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 the audio in, in the various episodes, she'll take the video file, replace the green screen, uh, make sure it is tagged and uploaded and posted. It's a whole lot of work. And the fact that I could just, you know, I could just focus on the content and then I could just leave it alone and someone else is taking care of it. It is a tremendous improvement of, uh, of the way I work. And it's making me so excited because it's only February and I'm already working in the way that I dreamt about last year. I'm, I'm finally there, you know. I feel that now I have created the margin and uh, the, the, the balance that is needed to be able to do more than just do what you've always done. And and it's it's uh, runners with this temperature. Wah, I'm getting cold looking at her, walking in the very thin skirt and everything. Uh, I'm still running on the treadmill because I'm not yet entirely healthy, <laughs> but I hope to be able to run outside very soon. Um, but I feel that since it's only February, a lot of the projects that have been in my mind for several years I can finally make them happen make them happen and um, uh, a, a, a big one of course is the Lego project another big one is um, I, I'm, I've been thinking about a talk show somehow not with me in in it necessarily but to do something for my Dutch audiences um, that's a very very early stage and what I would like to do <laughs> is to make documentaries for you, for the English-speaking audience that I have. Because it must be frustrating. I don't know if it is, but I can imagine that it is a bit frustrating to hear me talk about all those cool trips that I make and the, and the people that I meet and film. And then most of you will never see the result of that. And I think that with uh, the, the extra margin that we've created, but also the, the improved workflow... I could actually start working on some of those international productions. Dream big. That is what I feel I can now do. And uh, uh, my perhaps most ambitious dream is Netflix. I've shared this with you several times in the past. But I feel that now that I've got the basic workflow in place, I can start dreaming bigger and thinking about the next step. Instead of just keeping it as a dream in the back of my head, I can as, uh, actually tell the team, and we can discuss this, how do we make this happen? Let's not just think about this as an option for the future, but let's make that a reality this year. Let's go and work uh, as hard as we can. Uh, someone is happily biking and singing along with the music on his phone. <laughs> The uh, now is now could be the year that we make that happen, and I know that in terms of quality, it's it's probably going to mean that I have to learn more. Uh, I, I need to make an, another quality jump because Netflix has very very high standards, but they're not impossible to meet. If I if I look at how much I've evolved in just one year, how much I've learned about telling a story. Uh, doing interviews, um, 
uh, editing, pacing, music, all that. Even um, things like uh, uh, color grading. Uh, so where you go in and you improve the 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 the, the color balance of your uh, of your uh, video footage. Um, I I understand so much more about the work that I do than just a year ago. Let alone if you aim even a bit higher. And you're like, okay, so how can I make something that looks like something that could be on Netflix? Again, it's, it's, it's dream big and then think backwards. What's the goal that you want to realize? What's, when do you want to have it done? And, and, and then calculating backwards, what is it that needs to be done to get there? And that makes it a reality, ultimately. It's good planning and it's also always pushing yourself beyond what you're currently doing. And that can only happen if the rest of the, of the work is divided over several people. So I'm um, super, super stoked about that. And having the possibility to dream again gives me energy. Uh, it's, it's, nothing is more frustrating than to do work that you feel is just... You know, your, your dreary day-to-day job and it will be the same in five years from now as it is today. I'm, I'm the kind of person that really gets depressed <laughs> and when I'm, when I'm in, a, in a rut in a certain way, when every, every year is the same as the year before. Well, now I feel like I have my creative strength back and... Uh, and I'm, so, I'm just proud. I just feel proud of what we've been able to accomplish. And uh, turning here to the left, I'm walking in the park again. On my right is the abstract statue. or It's not even a statue, the metal depiction of St. George and the dragon. And uh, the, uh, the other thing that is going on right now is that I am talking, speaking of, of dreams... Uh, one of my dreams is to walk another part of the Camino this year. And uh, every week I take a few little steps to make that happen. And so an important step last week was to, to ask if I could be absent in the weekend from, what is it? The June, no, the May, May 6th, I think. It's a, about a month after Easter. And if I can be out of the parish for a one weekend, then I have found a trajectory that, I, that can be walked in, in 10 days. So that means that now that I can be uh, away from the parish in that weekend, I can start planning much more specifically that Camino Primitivo, that uh, primitive or ancient road to Santiago. And again... How can I improve what I did last year? Last year I filmed everything with my phone. Um, it, it was handheld. I didn't have a stabilizer with me or a gimbal. I didn't have a drone or anything. Um, and instead I was lugging around a lot of stuff that I could have left at home. And so now that I know what it takes to complete a pilgrimage like that, I can also also try to expand what I've been doing last year and try to, to film this trip or this pilgrimage uh, with even better quality. And I'm still thinking about ways to share it with you as an audience. 
And um, last year, that turned out to be a very big challenge. Of course, it was a long trip. It was six weeks of walking, and I, I did, I worked so hard. I did my best to deliver a, a, a video episode every day. So when I would arrive after having walked 24, sometimes 30 kilometers, I would still stay up late in bed editing the video on my phone and then up trying to upload it through the slow Wi-Fi. This was before uh, the roaming charges in Europe were, um, uh, how'd you, how'd you say that? Like r now, if I use the internet in any country in Europe, it costs the same as if I'm using it at home. But back then, that that uh, was not wasn't the case. So I, I was totally dependent on on Wi-Fi in, uh, for uploading the stuff, which made it really hard to put together this video after a while. Like I think I, I stopped doing it after four weeks or something. And uh, but this year, since it's a much shorter time, and uh, there's also a, a, a much more availability of uh, 3G. Um, coverage in the part where I, of, of Spain where I'm going to walk, I'm thinking of perhaps just filming and then sending it to the Netherlands and let someone else edit the episodes and post the episodes. That way, um, the, the experience of following me along the way can be much more intense, more as if you're walking with me. And I'm also thinking of doing more audio. Last year, I've only recorded two episodes uh, on on the road to Santiago. Now I'm I'm now that the walk is back, I'm thinking I could record way more episodes of the walk, just using audio, and it, it would be a bit like going back to the early days of the what we called back then the sound seeing tours, which was um, like sightseeing. But you're not seeing anything. You're just hearing the sounds, and you and someone tells you what he or she is uh, is experiencing. And the walk to Santiago is a perfect occasion for sound seeing because you're out in the open. You're really in nature, so you hear the sounds of nature, the the sounds of the other pilgrims, the cooking in the kitchen, in the. Uh, in the places where you arrive, there, there's just the, perhaps the sounds of the of the liturgies and the churches that you visit. I think this could be very riveting audio as well, in addition to video. So, also thinking about doing that. And uh, there's even in the back of my mind, the uh, idea of of uh, at least I want to examine if it's possible to uh, take a small drone with me this time. Because nature is so spectacular over there in Spain. But it's also very hard to film with just an iPhone. Because the lens is not that wide. And there are all sorts of limitations. I, you can't really leave your phone alone. Uh, even if I would put it on a, you know, a, a point of view and try to walk in, in the... Uh, let's say in the, in the picture myself... You still have to run back and retrieve the phone, and it's a, it's a bit of a hassle. But I'm thinking if I could take a small drone and include those drone shots of the, of the beautiful nature that you're walking in, that would elevate the quality of the of the video to uh, 
levels that I've never attained before. But again, it's, it's just a crazy idea, and I don't know if it's, if it's feasible, but I want to kind of see if I can push those limits. Why not? And so for the, uh, for the actual production of the, of the video, I could take a camera with me. Um, but I also know that taking a camera will mean I'll have to take an extra microphone for the sound. It, it easily adds up. And every gram counts when you're packing for, uh, for a pilgrimage. So I may actually do what, I've done, what I did in 2017 and film everything on a phone. This time, I'm secretly thinking of, uh, <laughs> of Netflix or other streaming services and what their quality uh, requirements are. And for uh, Netflix right now, it's 4K. And I know that there are phones that can film in 4K. I also know that my current phone is not able to do that. Um, I've also noticed last year that the selfie camera on the iPhone 6 is totally inadequate for uh, for video production. It is uh, low resolution. It's not even HD. It's very bad. At, uh, um, it's very grainy. And so you can use it for a few seconds, but it's so jarring, and the, the, the contrast with the camera on the back is so great that I'm thinking if I'm going to film this with a phone, I may as well try to find a phone that has a very good front-facing camera as well. And uh, one of the phones that I'm kind of examining, if it would be uh, a, a good phone to film an experience like this, is the LG, what is it, V30? So the LG V30 is a phone uh, with extremely good quality optics and uh, also extremely good audio quality, much higher audio quality than regular phones. I think it's even able to record in stereo. So that would kind of equate uh, me bringing along an H2 or something like that. But the, the most important thing is that it has a wide-angle lens on both sides of the phone, uh, which is so helpful because when, when you're filming yourself, uh, if you're walking, for instance, I'm, I'm climbing a mountain, and I... You want, to have, you want to see the person climbing the mountain. A lot of the vlogs that I've seen about the Camino only show the, the point of view of the, of the one who's walking. And you hardly ever see the people that are, that are walking and that are doing the pilgrimage. For my type of storytelling, I want to be able to film myself. But with, with the iPhone, I noticed that... Uh, because the the selfie phone is low quality and it has a smaller angle even than the the camera on the front or on the, or on the back I should say on the back of the phone um, you just see like half of the face it's very difficult to see the entire person and I've noticed this also with the experiments that I did in the early early stages of the daily breakfast where I was filming myself and uh, fortunately, the gimbal that I have can swing the camera around. So you can use the one camera for all the filming, also the selfie filming. But you don't see yourself. You're just looking at the back of your phone. So it's much harder to compose a good picture than if you could just use a front camera. So mm, I'm thinking perhaps I should uh, well, at least consider uh, getting a new phone for 
for this particular goal. And of course, phones are expensive, especially phones with good lenses and good cameras. But it may be worth it if uh, if it results in a in a production that gets to the next level quality-wise. Anyway, I'll keep you informed. I just wanted to share with you how things are going uh, this week and for the next entire week. All the episodes have been recorded, so I hope you will enjoy them. And I want to end this episode by thanking all of you for listening, uh, for your feedback, which is always uh, a great help for me to to kind of get a sense of what what you enjoy hearing and how it can help you. Um, and I want to thank my patrons, uh, those of you that uh, support me financially. Uh, it's thanks to you guys that I can actually get to that next level and that we can, you know, just, for instance, we, we recently went to Ikea because uh, Inge and Martin are now working there on location. They need a desk. We didn't have desks. And so thanks to the... Uh, to the contribution of my patrons an expense like that we bought two very simple desks I think they were 60 bucks a piece um, but it's a great help for the for for the production same is true with uh, the microphones that I use the the, the tr- tripod I still need to get a new tripod because I'm using a very flimsy one that I bought 10 years ago I think for it's not even a film film tripod so little expenses like that that ha- result in so much better quality uh, productions. That is, is possible thanks to you, uh, uh, thanks to my, my donors, my patrons. So if you can help, uh, even if it's just, you know, a dollar a month or something like that, I would really appreciate it. Um, and in return, as a thank you, I... I record a podcast for my patrons, which is an exclusive podcast in which I answer questions. It's very kind of low-key, but uh, it's, it's very much question-based and question-driven, which is also fun. I don't do that in, in any other show uh, right now. So just go to patreon.com slash fatheroderick for more information on that. And um, uh, one final thing. Did you know that I have a newsletter um, and it, it's only once a month. We don't have the bandwidth right now to do more. And I'm talking bandwidth in terms of people, people resources. But we try to keep people up to date on, on everything that we're producing. And um, I also add a little personal story to each um, a newsletter. And you can subscribe on the website of Tridio.com. It's entirely free. Um, we're, we're also working on, on uh, adding the patrons to this newsletter. But, of course, we need their permission for that because you can't just copy databases. But we'll, uh, we'll probably uh, let them know how they, too, can subscribe to the newsletter. And that way, it's just another little moment of contact between you and me. So uh, check it out on the website, tridio.com, T-R-I-D-E-O.com. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Take care and God bless. <laughs>